This is episode 11 of the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with the piano, and now, after being an engineer for eight years, I'm proud to say that I support my family with the income from my online piano course. I'm also joined today, as usual, by Nate Dotson, who is hard at work on his own online course. Hey, Nate. How's it going? Man, it is going so good. I uh, I just love this lifestyle, you know, working for myself, uh, working from home. Um, it's uh, it's fantastic, and you know, I'm not uh, I'm not getting too lonely either because I have you know this to look forward to every week, ten o'clock on Thursdays. You get to chat with you for an hour or two, Nate. And um, after this, I'm I'm being interviewed on another podcast, and so. You know, people ask me if I get lonely and whatnot, and I'm, I'm talking to people all day. It may be virtually, but it's fun. Awesome. And I'm also talking to a lot of um, of my piano students and, and potential piano students on the phone, too, and we're going to talk about that a lot today. Awesome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We, were at, we went to the beach yesterday afternoon. There's hardly anyone there and went out to breakfast this morning at 8 o'clock, and, you know, there's hardly anyone there. And it's just like, it's so cool being able to do stuff on the off hours. That's like one really cool benefit, I think, of being an entrepreneur. You can kind of, I work a little more on the weekends, usually, and sometimes a little less during the week because you can go around and do stuff and not be crowded. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big advantage. A disadvantage is that most of like, at least for me, most of my friends are working eight to five or whatever, so they can't hang out during these hours. That's true. So, did you say something about a beach? Yeah, we went to went to the beach at our uh, local lake here, one of our lakes here yesterday. Okay. All right. I didn't know that had beaches in Indiana. Yeah, we have a huge reservoir just south of town, Lake Monroe. And uh, we've got Lake Lemon and we've got Lake Griffey and we've got Yellowwood Lake right by us. All pretty nice lakes. And when you say beach, are we talking like sand? Yeah, this is sand. Okay. This is a big, it's got a few beaches and this is uh, one of the big ones. Well, you know, one thing, one crazy thing, you know, we, we lived in France uh, for three months last summer. And when they say beach, most of the time it's not sand. Oh, yeah. They're saying, let's go to the beach and it's grass. I'm like, guys, this is not a beach. Yeah, there's water right <laughs> here and the water touches the land. But to me, if there's no sand, it's not a beach. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> they had, um, we lived on a, we lived in a city, Annecy, where, um, which is on this huge lake, Lake Annecy. And there was probably 10 or 12 beaches all around the, all around the lake and and very popular beaches. Um, you know, they love their beaches in the summertime, but only one of them has sand. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. So we would, and it was the furthest one from where we were staying. So we would, we loved it too, because we love sand and it was really nice. So we would bike the, it was probably 10 or 15 miles away. And we would bike to it probably once a week, just because that was the best beach in our opinion, not necessarily the French opinion, but ours was. Yeah, I love a little beach time. We're going to go. We'll be in Cape Cod here in a couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, I love the ocean, man. Even the it's usually like 55 to 60 degrees and it's so intense. I love getting in that ice cold water. Ooh, you're crazy. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, what's going on business-wise, man? Business-wise, um, it's been a pretty good week. Made some sales and I'm actually pretty close to having my ad Google AdWords live. No way. So I talked to you know I talked to my wife a little bit about it too, and um, I told her I I that you pretty much gave me permission, said just outsource it if you hate it, you know. And uh, I was like, that's what I'm gonna do. And she, and I was talking to her a little more about it. And she's like, she thought that I should just. I think you'll probably agree with her here that I should just, you know, I've already gone halfway through the course, just finish it up and get some stuff going in there. Just so when I outsource it, I know a little bit more of like what's going on inside there. And the person I outsource it to knows that I'm not totally, you know, I don't know anything. So they're not going to take, wouldn't take advantage of me as much. And I get a better ROI. I was like, and she's like, you know, it'll probably, how long will it take you? And I was like, oh, probably just like another week, week and a half. And I can have it live. And uh, so that's what I'm doing now. And, and, uh, I've created like a website that has multiple pages. I realize that going through the course, you kind of need to have that. I don't, I don't think Google's very happy usually sending people to a very simple like one page landing page. So I've built those out the last few days and uh, 
have all, done all my keyword research and I'm just getting ready to kind of separate that out into a few different ad groups and make it put some money on it every day. Man, that is fantastic. That's it sounds like you've been a little bit busier than normal. Yeah, I've been I've been doing some office work, that's for sure. That's uh that's really cool. Hopefully the 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 farm isn't uh you're not sacrificing anything on the farm. Oh yeah, I am definitely. I'm getting a little bit behind on farm work and I'm actually um you know, we've stopped selling to commercial customers and so now we're just at the farmers market and you don't have to show up every week. We actually didn't get a reserve booth this year, so it's it's a you just show up in the lottery every day and uh and get a booth wherever. So we don't have to go every week. We're not losing money. So yeah, we're we're going to we're ta- I'm taking a couple of weeks off from the farmers market right now. Very cool. And I did I impl- also implemented your um your tagging system for relaunching. So that was a cool thing I I just did yesterday. Awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned kind of building out a, a website and uh, a few more pages and whatnot. Have you ever done any sort of training on the psychology of um, of the users interacting with websites and you know landing page optimization and things like that? Not really. No. I'm actually going through a course right now, an online course right now on basically landing page optimization, but it's also web page and website optimization as well. And it's done. It's been put together by the same guy that put together the AdWords course I recommended to you. Isaac, oh, wow. Isaac Rudansky, he's in New York. Yep. He works, he actually founded the company that, um, that manages my AdWords. Yeah. And I started going through that course and it's one of the m- most well done, well put together, highest quality online courses I've seen. He's got, um, it's him, uh, standing up with a whiteboard and most of his teaching is done with, um, his handwriting on this whiteboard, but he's also got slides as well. And when he starts talking about the slides in his video production, he's got the the slide that goes and overlays onto his whiteboard. That's cool. Yeah. So he, that's just done with fancy, you know, video production. It's not like the slide is actually showing up on his whiteboard. Really well done. That's awesome. One weird thing he did, he's like taking shots of bourbon during the course. Really? Yeah. It's a little strange. Why is he doing that? What does he say? He's an alky? Well, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, he's probably 30, lower 30s uh, years old. Um, and I think he's just trying to have fun with it and being, you know, very casual. And it's not like he's getting plastered. Like, he's not drunk on camera or anything like that. But, like, it's, I've seen him, I've seen him do it twice and it was on, it was in the same lecture. And he's like, guys, we're doing a really good job. It was like the last, um, it was the last lesson of a module of like the first module. And so we had already been through like three hours of the course. And so, He's uh he's like guys great job so far um we should celebrate and I'm gonna before I start this lecture I'm gonna take take one shot for me and then at the end I'm gonna take one shot for you <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> yeah it was pretty funny it's it classic, was pretty funny it's classic New York hipster antics yeah and he's definitely that he's got the whole really long hair with one of those hats that like <laughs> covered up and the glasses oh, yeah. um not that I'm one to uh, make fun of somebody with glasses. Yeah. Well, I'm drinking, I drink some wine one of the nights in my online course. I'm coming back in to check on the plants. It's one of the evening activities I have to do and I'm filming. I'm like, sorry guys, I've had a couple glasses of wine tonight. So, <laughs> if I'm seeming a little loose, that's why. Well, at least you're honest about it. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, maybe you want to check out that course because so far so good. It's fascinating. Now, What's I know it called? you don't, uh, just landing page optimization. If you look on uh, Udemy. On Udemy. Yeah, exactly. Um, this guy has three courses on Udemy. The AdWords course you've you've gone through a little bit of. He's got a remarketing course, which I've also been through. And uh, now his newest course is this landing page optimization course, which I think just came out a couple of months ago. But there's one lesson here. I mean, like I he this guy has built so much trust um, for me, right? I am going to take every course that he ever puts out because... Um, ever since I took the first couple of lessons from his very first course, I knew that he was somebody I could learn from and that he was putting out really high quality content. And the great thing about his business model is he's got a lot of courses that he could probably teach people. Whereas with my Piano in 21 Days audience, um, I don't have near as many potential courses. Um, but with like the online course guy, you know, that's, that's kind of the direction I'm going in. I want to be able to build trust with people in a way to where they want to keep coming and learning more things from me. Yeah. Uh, how much are his courses? Are they pretty cheap? Man, you want me to give you a pro tip with Udemy? Yeah. Um, there, you can just Google Udemy coupon code 
and you can almost always find a coupon code that brings the cost of every single course on Udemy down to $10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen that before. They do that a lot. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons I'm scared to even be on Udemy for any online courses because I think his courses are about $200. Yeah. But you can get a $200 course for $10. Now at the same time, he's got thousands of people that have enrolled in his courses. And it, I think, I feel like it's more, it's almost more of a lead generation thing for him. I think he, you know, you're one of his clients now. I think that he picks up people doing that. I'm sure that's one of his main reasons for going broad on Udemy for a low price. Yeah, definitely. So I just wanted to share that with you. It may be something you want to try out, go through uh, yourself. I'm, I'm, I've enjoyed it so far. Um, so, so you mentioned business is going good though. Otherwise, you made a few sales. So tell us about that. Uh, well, actually, I haven't logged into my Stripe account today, but I just know I've, I have sold a few things since last time. I think I sold two Two courses, one payment, and then or three courses, one with a payment plan and one branding package. Maybe three courses, maybe four courses, actually. All right. So my question about these sales, Nate, is: Are they evergreen sales, or are they from the remarketing to your old list? Uh, I think they were primarily from the remarketing. Well, you mentioned last week, so you had closed the cart and you'd made like seven thousand dollars, but then there was going to be a ten day gap before you reopened it with the payment plan. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet, has it? No, it hasn't. It was um, it was just a few people that, you know, they had really good excuses. Like, uh, you know, I want they they wrote me right at the end or before actually when it was still cart open, and they said, you know, I can't afford it right now, but I get my paycheck next Friday. Why be? Is that all right if I purchase? Can you hold me a spot until then? And uh, you know, I I. I don't want to lose people's trust by just letting anyone buy at any time. But if people, you know, let me know during the launch period, hey, I'm just waiting on a paycheck. I think that's kind of fair to 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 do do them a favor in that circumstance. So that's where they've come from. Yeah, very cool. That's and I do that as well. And by the way, you know, I mentioned I think last week that I implemented that uh, that very last email after the cart closes about hey, why didn't you enroll? And I've made probably two or three sales in the past week from that email. Wow. That's awesome. Because people people have very good excuses. Like they literally didn't see all the emails and this is the first one they opened and they're like, oh man, I missed all of this. Like please let me in. And I'm 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 just not gonna turn them down. When they're when they act like that that hot of a lead, I just can't turn them down. Yeah. That that email gets lots of replies. It gets more replies for me than like the what is holding you back email. Yes, me as well. And what I'm really looking forward to, Nate, is I think that this email is really going to be a good nurture for the next time that I pitch the course as well. Yeah. Because a lot of people are saying, I just don't have the money right now. I just don't have the time right now. Um, but I still really want to learn. And so my, you know, my, my girl that, that manages my emails is doing a really great job of, of, um, being considerate and responding to those emails. And she talks about, um, how, it will reopen again in four to six months. And in the meantime, you've got all these free resources I've already sent to you, the workbook, all these videos, you know, start going through that when you do get some time or if it was a money thing, you know, you can start going through that now if you haven't already. And then hopefully in four to six months, you'll be in a position where you can sign up. That's cool. So anything else? Uh Not really. I was just uh, goofing off a little bit before the podcast, looking up the... Um the full solar eclipse path and trying to plan something for that, where we're going to go for that. That'll be right after we get back from Cape Cod. We'll be heading right back out on another trip. So I'll be traveling for a couple of weeks. Awesome. You always have things going on, man. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, look, uh, I've got several things I want to mention on my side before we get into the topic of the day, which is uh, about, you know, selling your online course with a phone call, which is not super popular these days uh, it, it, as we get more and more into passive income automation, using the internet, using, uh, doing, doing sales on a phone call is very old school, but it can work really well for online courses. So we're going to get into that a little bit uh, here in a little bit, but I want to mention some things from the past week. Last week, I talked about how I would have some numbers for my SEO campaigns, and I want to uh, briefly share some of that. So, uh, overall still, you know, looking very good. Not getting really any sales from it yet, but everything's trending in the right direction. Um, I started with 109 backlinks, which is just links from somewhere else on the internet to my website. And I don't know where those 109 backlinks really have come from. 
that uh, were there at the beginning of these SEO campaigns. And I'm not too worried about it, but my uh, my SEO guy is really handling all of this. And after one month, we were up to 139. So he's outreach. He's doing outreach. He's emailing people. He's got his own piano in 21 days email account, and he's emailing people asking for links to my content and to my website. And hopefully, it's a, it's kind of a win win because hopefully, you know, these people are linking to valuable content that their visitors may want to see. So after one month, we were up to 139 backlinks and. Um, after two months, we were up to 188 backlinks. Okay. Um, in terms of the keywords that we're trying to rank for when we started, the average position of these keywords was at 206. And after one month, we were up to 70. And now after two months, we're up to 51. And that's completely on average. So I do have a few search terms in the top 10. Uh, in the top 30, things like that. So after after one month, I got one uh, keyword. We started with zero in the top 10. Now I have one. Uh, sorry, after one month, I had one. After uh, two months, I have three in the top 10. But none, but none of those three are very high search volume uh, keywords. So I'm not seeing very many results yet. The two biggest volume search terms are how to play piano and learn piano. So how to play piano... Um, I started at 53. After one month, I was at 30, and now I'm at 21. So that's trending in the correct direction. What's the first page? What what number do you have to be under? Uh, 10. There's 10 results okay. per page. Yeah. Okay. So learn piano started at 139th position. After a month, it was 34, and after two months, it's now 24. So that's going in the right direction. But you know, both of those big search terms are in the 20s which you're not going to get any traffic from that, even if it is a big search term. I mean, you, you tell me, do you, how often do you get past the first page on Google? Oh, maybe like one out of every 10 searches yeah. or 20 searches. Um, yeah, for me, it's almost never. And you It's know, usually long tail stuff anyways. It's like really weird stuff I'm looking for. Yeah. Right. So if you're searching for something so broad, like how to play piano, you're probably going to find a, a link on the first page that is acceptable for you. Now, I do appear on the first page for that search term, but it's in, with a with an ad, right? So I really want to appear twice, at least twice on that first page. It'd be incredible. So trending in the in the right direction. Um, in terms of clicks, when we first started, I was getting about eighteen clicks per day from SEO, and and most of these clicks are when people because um, I have you know I'm building brand awareness around the web, so. So most of my clicks are from people searching piano in 21 days. And of course, my domain pops up first for that. And uh, and after one month, I was getting 22 clicks per day. After two months, I was getting 26 clicks per day. So we've gone from 18 clicks to 26 clicks per day, which is basically nothing. Um, I'm looking for that number to go uh, way, way, way up with these SEO campa campaigns, especially when you consider how much I'm paying for this service. Cool. So, so nothing, you know, groundbreaking to report, but things are trending in the right direction. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is something called Trustpilot. Have you heard of Trustpilot? Nope. Okay. So I was, um, I was, I received a cold email, uh, from a, a salesperson from a company called Trustpilot. And it was an interesting email because they put a screenshot of, um, the search keyword phrase of online piano lessons, something like that. And they saw that. I had an ad up there and one of my competitors also had an ad and it was below me, but they had stars next to their uh, ad and next to their domain. And they had like, you know, there were 4.4 stars out of five or something. And so what this service does is it, it provides stuff like that. It, it, um, it autom it has a way to automate, you know, reaching out to your customers and getting them to respond with a rating. And then those ratings can show up not only in AdWords, you know, paid search results, but also in organic search results. So, so you may have noticed just in organic search, some domains have those stars. And there is, um, there is data and statistics on how, how much higher the click-through rate is when you see those stars, at least if it's highly rated. So basically, this guy just emailed me with a screenshot of that and just said, um, hey, would you be interested in uh, a service that you know provided these stars for you, and so uh, it was. I mean, 
it, I think that's a cool way with, with a business like that. It's a thing. It's a cool way to reach out to people because you're actually, it's a personalized thing. They, he actually did the search for online piano lessons. And so it was, uh, it was interesting. So I thought it was worth at least talking to him. And so since then I've done, I've seen a demo of the product and I've also, um, seen a demo of one of their competitors as well. And my AdWords guy actually joined me for those demos. And so that, because he's a little more educated on stuff like that. And I've also talked to my SEO guy about this as well. And it's, it's great to have people that I can bounce these things off of and get their recommendations that know about my business. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's really cool. It's a, it's not a cheap service. Um, it's several hundred dollars a month. Um, and so I haven't made a decision on which service I want to use or if I'm even going to move forward with it, I hope to make a decision on this in the next week, but I think it could be really, really cool. And I think, you know, this is definitely not for people just starting out. Something like this is not for people starting out um, because you don't probably don't have a big web presence or the money to spend on something like this. But I think this may be a good, just a really good um, place point in my business's, you know, life to, to do something like this. Yeah, cool. All right, next. Really, really, really cool app I want to talk about. Okay. All right. So uh, this podcast uh, has not like taken off yet. We it's been you know we've had a lot of uh, listens, downloads, over a thousand for sure. Um, but I want it to grow. I want it to continue to grow, and I want to learn about it. And you know, I'm all about online courses. When I want to learn something, I like to take uh, go through a, a, a reputable and trusted online course. So somebody that's really really well known, really trusted in the kind of in the industry, Pat Flynn. I'm sure you're familiar with Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income. Uh, by the way, all-time downloads for this podcast as of right now is 1,505. Okay. All right. So he released a new online course on Monday called Power Up Podcasting. And it's all about, you know, creating your podcast, marketing your podcast, things like that. And I signed up for it. And, you know, Pat, Pat, Pat Flynn is huge, massive. He makes like $200,000 a month. Um, he's got a massive following. His website is massive. His po- podcast is massive. I can only imagine like how many emails he gets a day, like all these things. Like there's no way that he can interact with all. Like I'm I'm struggling to interact with all the people trying to interact with me. I can only imagine what it's like on his end, right? Yeah. I signed up for this first course and about three hours later, I get an email and it says, Pat Flynn from Smart Mass. Smart passive income has a message for you. Let me let me see exactly what the subject was. It says Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income sent you a message and I opened it up and it says it's got a little a small image of him and by it it looks like kind of like a text message it says hi Jacques I recorded a message for you check it out below. And below that is a screenshot of like a video and it's got a play button on it. So I'm like what is this? So I click on it and it's a 45 second video of him and he he says my name and it's personalized and he just says hey Jacques it's Pat I just want to thank you for joining my course I'm really looking forward to working with you on this da, 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 da. and that blew me away wow that was incredible and honestly here's what's interesting about it um I had I had already logged into the course I started looking around I started to get disappointed because it looked like maybe it was too basic of a course for me because we already have this podcast going. We have over 10 episodes. We're already in iTunes. Like over half the course is irrelevant to me. And I, so I, start, I immediately started looking at the marketing stuff and things like that. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if this really was the right thing for me. And so I started thinking about maybe requesting a refund. But as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh man, that's incredible. I can't, re- I can't, uh, I can't re- request a refund now. Like he's going to be that personable about it. So I started looking into it a little more and this app that he used to do it is called Bonjoro, B-O-N-J-O-R-O. And so I went, I signed up for a trial of Bonjoro. Bonjoro. There, it's in beta, like it's a brand new thing. Um, and even if um, their, their top end package, like you get everything unlimited, it's only like $25 a month. So it's not gonna break the bank hopefully. And so what I did was I started using this and this was about, two days ago, I started using this and I started sending these to the people that had signed up for my course in the past day. And so I sent, I sent a few and what I found, what I noticed 
is that, or you know, one thing that happened is the first person that I sent one of these to, you know, you get a notification when they see it, when they open it, and there's even a button you can click um, to thank the person for the message. Well, this person had signed up for the entry package, the bottom end package, and shortly after viewing my video, he upgraded to the next package up. Did you mention that in the video? I think I did. Yeah, I think I said, hey, it, his name was Sammy. I said, hey, Sammy, it's Jacques. I just want to thank you for being the newest member in the piano in 21 days. I see you sign up for the entry package. So hopefully you've been able to you know, log in and grab that workbook and start going through it at your piano or keyboard. And look, I just wanted to, to mention to you again, You know, I, tr I tried to um, tell you in, in my marketing and everything that uh, it's better to learn piano through video, you know, with the essential package, but the workbook works as well. But if you do ever want to upgrade to that essential package, you can do that right inside the membership site. Uh, but again, I just wanted to uh, thank you, welcome you and let you know that I'm here if you need anything, something like that. Right. Cool. And so I've been doing this for, um, with all the new people, you know, in the past, and, and I've been making a lot of sales here lately. So in the past two, three days, I've sold 10 or 15 copies of my course and I've, I've sent these videos to every single person. And I'm excited about it. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty neat. And it's just because of how I personally felt getting one of them made me want to use it for my stuff. And you're only sending it to the people that you, that bought through straight online, not through phone calls, right? Well, no, I've been sending it to the people I've done phone calls with as well. Um, I don't know if that's a little awkward or not. I'm debating. I'm, I definitely want to send it to the people I don't sell with a phone call. Um, and I'm debating whether it's a good thing to do it. Otherwise, I, I will tell you, I did a little a short test as well to people that opted in, uh, hadn't bought anything from me. They just opted in, grabbed the workbook. And the people that actually like opened the workbook, I, I sent I sent probably 10 of those out. But I found for some reason, the open rate on my videos wasn't very high. So I didn't know if I was just coming across as like creepy or what um, to those people. So I stopped doing that. And I think for now, at the very least, I'm going to send those to the people that buy my course online and maybe not necessarily through a phone call. That's cool. But I read, a, I read an article in conjunction with this Bonjoro thing about um, doing things in your business that don't necessarily scale, right? So me personally sending these messages out isn't really scalable, right? If I sold 100, 100 courses today, that's I can't really do that. I can't really send a video to all those people. But also, I can't really do 100 phone calls in a day either. So the phone calls is something that doesn't really scale. Um, but And neither is this Bonjoro thing. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, it's... It's hard to know. I mean, especially if it's increasing your sales, I'd say definitely. Yeah, but it's doing more than that. It's doing more than that. So let's let's kind of jump in to the, the topic of the day on, on the phone calls and because it ties in really nicely with this Bonjoro thing and, and talking about scalable things and automation, passive income, things like that. So yes, one of the reasons I do phone calls is because it converts a little bit higher. Um, but there's there's more to it than that, right? So I've got kind of a list here of, of why I do phone calls to sell my course. So obviously it converts higher and that's a good reason. Um, secondly, there's less refunds. I've never had somebody that signed up with me over the phone that requested a refund. I've sold a, somewhere, I'm, I'm approaching about a thousand um, sales, like copies of my course of, of one package or another. And to date, I've gotten 40 to 45 refund requests. But none of those have been from people that I talked to on the phone. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is we can really nail down whether it's it's a good fit or not. There are people that I get on the phone with and it's just not a good fit. And so they don't, you know, I tell them that this isn't this isn't what you're looking for. And two is I just build that rapport, I build that relationship, and they they start to trust me and everything. And um, we know each other a little bit and they're less likely to request a refund. Mm -hmm. uh, the next thing I have here is that I get feedback on my whole process. So I get to actually talk to these people. They can tell me what they thought about my video series, what they thought about my emails, what, what they thought about my marketing approach. And that's just um, so valuable to be able to get that direct feedback from people that are in the middle of your funnel to find out you know, how it looks on their side. Okay, next, it is an opportunity to be more genuine. So we're on the internet, we're sending out all these automated emails, we've got these web pages that we built, 
months ago, years ago, we've got this system running and it can just feel um, when you're interacting with the system, it can feel very robotic. And if, if in the middle of that, you actually talk on the phone, um, that's, I mean, that's just so genuine. And one of the reasons that lead people to want to buy from you. And I think that even, even offering the phone call, I don't know this for sure, but the people that buy online, even if they see that I'm offering a phone call with me, maybe makes them want to buy from me even more. Yeah. All of a sudden it kind of personalizes it more and just makes you stand out from the crowd too. Absolutely. Uh, next I've, I've noticed this isn't something I've measured, but, but I just have a good feeling about this is that I think that the people that buy from me on the phone call are more successful with the course. I think that because we've talked, I think I give them a little extra motivation and drive to start and go through the course. And they're also more, um, more ready and willing to, when they get stuck, have a question, send me an email because, you know, we know each other a little bit. And so that's, I mean, that, that's reason enough, I think, to do this is, is that it's a higher success rate for the students. And then the last thing on the list I put was that it's fun. You know, I've had two phone calls so far today. Both people were in England. Um, I mean, how many, how many people from outside the United States are you talking to on a daily basis? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it, it's, it's fun doing these phone calls. And especially if you're working for yourself, working from home, don't get much interaction. It's a cool way to get some interaction with people from all over the world. Yep. So the way that I kind of got into this, the way that I kind of discovered that this was a, a good way to sell an online course is interesting. I, um, when I quit my job, I was, you know, I had piano in 21 days. It wasn't super successful. I was thinking that the, the way I was going to make it was with like marketing consulting because I had learned through piano in 21 days. I'd learned a little bit about SEO and some online advertising and building websites and things like that. And I thought that that was my ticket to making it as an entrepreneur. And so I started following a guy uh, by the name of Sam Ovens. I took a couple of his online courses and he, he sold me one of his online courses on the phone. And it was, it was a much, it was several thousand dollars. It was a higher ticket item and I actually had to like fill out an application for it. And then I got an email that like my application was approved and then we needed to talk on the phone. So we talked on the phone and like, it's, it was awesome. And I bought it and I didn't get a whole lot of that, about that out of that course, but I got the phone call thing out of that whole situation. And so I decided to try to apply that model to Piano in 21 Days. And here's how I first did it. This was January of last year. So about a year and a half ago, I decided I was going to try to do some sort of higher ticket a product offering for Piano in 21 Days and try to model it like this guy did. So what I was offering was kind of a live boot camp, and we were going to go through my curriculum together live, meet three times a week for seven weeks. So there's your 21 lessons. And so I put a video out there, I sent it to my list, and I said, if you're interested, apply below. And I didn't, I didn't give a price. I didn't give any, any many details beside that. And I got like a, over a hundred applications for this thing. And so I went through them and people provided their ages and what countries they live in and you know what, what's motivating them to, um, to learn how to play piano. And so I went through and I selected 20 or 30 of them that looked like they would be a fit and could, you know, would be willing to spend, um, I think I was charging like $750 for this. So I sent those people an email and just said, you know, I, and I copied it exactly like Sam Evans did, you know, applications approved, da, 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 da. And so I got several people booking phone calls with me, you know, 20 people, maybe even 30 people booking these phone calls with me. And so I would go do these phone calls and I ended up getting four people to convert on the phone call and they paid me, you know, $750 on the phone. And that was really cool. But the, the numbers really weren't that great um, in percentages because I was sending this original email out to thousands of people and I had to weed through these applications and everything. And uh, and then it took a lot of my time to actually teach these people how to play piano and, and get on at a certain time. And so I don't really do the whole live thing much anymore. I prefer just selling the online course and then they go through it on their own. Yeah. 
but I tried to, the next time I tried to do the bootcamp offering and I raised the price to like $850, um, it, it wasn't as successful. Um, I didn't really get, I think I got one person to convert, but what I noticed was that people were like, ah, I just, you know, I don't think I can really afford that. Plus I don't think I really like the thought of doing it live. They're like, how much is your online course? And I'm like, okay, well that's $300. They're, they're like, oh, well just sign me up for that. And so I was able to downsell them down to this online course. And that got me thinking, okay, what if I just so, sold my regular online course over the phone? And so that's when I that's when I started just selling the regular online course over the phone and over the months and I mean it's been probably a year now since I started making this a regular part of my sales funnel I really refined and tweaked the process and uh and tweaked kind of the the overall script and so uh, I'm sure you have a few questions at this point but but one other thing I want to do in this episode is just kind of talk about my relative script for these phone calls yeah. Okay. Did that Sam Ovens, did he give you the price before you got on the phone with him? No, that, you know, that's that. And that's one of his kind of selling techniques. Um, his, his normal course was either one or $2,000 for just like digital marketing. No, like how to be a digital marketing consultant. And that's a, that's being a digital marketing consultant has the potential to make you a lot of money. So he's able to charge a lot of money for that online course. Well, he had like supposedly come out with this new great way to get leads and he showed some stuff on a whiteboard. He's like, I want to teach a small group of these people how to do this, apply below. Yeah. And so I applied and I was so pumped when I saw that it was approved. Now I know that was just part of his process and he was just trying to make as much money as possible, which I don't fault him for in any way. Yeah. But he didn't. Um, and that's kind of part of the way that he was teaching people to sell on the phone is you don't want to give any pricing and you want to you, you want to, you know, kind of solve some of their, not solve, but like find out what some of their pains are on the phone and talk about how whatever it is you have to offer is going to solve those things. And then, um, and so they're kind of sold before they even hear the price. And it really doesn't matter what the price is by that point. And so I did that at first. I mean, I did that with the bootcamp thing, right? And then once I started doing this for just the online course, I did that at first. But it just got to be a pain when the person just couldn't afford it. And so now I'm completely transparent on pricing before, even before they book the call, they know what the pricing is. And I found that just works best for my sanity because if if I'm going to take the time out to do these phone calls, I want them to be, you know, 90% converting. Cool. Yeah. I'm just excited to hear you now run through the, kind of run through the process with us. Sure. So, so it's evolved a little bit. You know, I used to spend about 30 minutes on these phone calls and I've got this down to kind of a science that's more like five to 10 minutes. Um, it's almost never more than 10 minutes unless we just start rambling and tell, you know, sometimes it gets a little personal. Um, just last week I was talking to a guy who was, he was fascinated with my business. And I think we started talking about this after he had given me his credit card information. And I made the sale, but he was talking about how his wife started her, her business and then it started to become successful. So a few years ago, he was able to quit and help her with that business. And they make a dairy-free creamer, coffee creamer. And it is the top-selling dairy-free coffee creamer on Amazon. And I don't necessarily want to say what it is um, just for privacy re reasons, but it's a... Uh, it's, I mean, they're doing things right. They have, it's a legit business. I think they're even in Whole Foods. Um, it's pretty cool. Wow. I talked to another person who um, I couldn't figure out how to pronounce her name. And when that's, when that happens before the phone call, I usually Google around and try to figure out pronunciations. And I found some informa information about this specific girl and she had done a TED talk. And so we talked a little bit about her TED talk on that. And, um, and so they can, they can get longer once we start getting into more personal information, but typically like five, 10 minutes. Um, so here, here's how that works. And, and the first thing I want to mention before I talk about the script is that the, the main, the main reason that makes these phone calls happen is, is all the things I'm doing before the phone call even starts. Right. So by the time somebody gets on the phone call with me, they're pretty much sold already. So I'm not being a salesman on the phone. Um, this is just one piece in the whole sales funnel. So these are extremely, extremely warm, if not hot leads. These are not cold leads or anything like this. So you can't apply this script or what I'm going to tell you to, to anything 
um, unless you're applying this whole sales funnel, which we talked about in a previous episode. All right. So I call the number that they provided in the booking. I call the phone number. They say, hello. I say, hello, is this Nate? And the person will say, uh, yes. And I'll say, hey, Nate, it's Jacques, Jacques Hopkins. And um, they'll say, hello. And I'll say, are you ready for our call? And that I'm saying, are you ready for our call? Just to make sure that they're not distracted, that they remembered that we had a call um, and that um, they're ready for it. And, and most of the time they're like, yeah, I was waiting for your call, which is great. That's it's great to hear. Um, so then I'm like, OK, great. And, you know, I used to jump right into some serious like small talk like, oh, so where where do you live? You know, what's the weather like today? Stuff like that. And that's that that's okay. You can do that, but I found that it's not completely necessary. Um, so what I what I've done the past several months is the first question I'll ask almost everybody is I'll say, well, why don't we start like this? Tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're looking to accomplish on the piano. And that that's just a great way for them to get started. And if they want to share personal information about themselves, you know, some people will tell me about how they're married and they have kids and they're these ages and da, da. that all ha that's all helpful information. That's fine. Most people don't get into the personal stuff. They'll just talk about, well, I took, you know, a couple lessons when I was seven years old and um, it didn't really work out. And I just always wanted to learn. And they'll talk about how they, um, they'll talk about how they were re-motivated at this point in their life. And they'll answer a lot of the questions with just that one question I'm asking. They'll answer a lot of the questions that I previously had to break out into to multiple questions, right? So some people will ramble on for five minutes and some people will talk for 20 seconds and that's fine. And if they give me a very short answer, I've got other uh, questions ready to go. So I'll either ask follow-up questions on what they said, but some of my go-to questions are, and this is this, this, kind of section of the script is me asking them questions. And I really want to, I want to drive the conversation. I don't want them to drive the conversation. So if they start asking me questions, then I'll politely say, well, look, I, you know, I'll give you a chance to ask your questions, but I'm, you know, let me ask my questions first. And so that's one of the big things here is you want to make sure you're driving this conversation. You want to be in charge. You want to be the authority here. All right. So I'll ask my question. I'll ask, um, you know, so what's motivating you to learn piano at this point in your life? That's a big question I ask, especially because most of the people I'm talking to are over 50 years old. So it's a pretty valid question. I'll ask, um, so how did you come across my website? And that's just good, good so that I know what their process was for finding me. And then um, this is this is one of the key lines that I use in the phone call. All right. Once I've asked all my questions and I feel like they're a fit and most people that get on the phone with me are going to be a fit. Here's the key line. All right. So, you know, pretend I'm talking to you. All right, Nate. Well, I think you're a great fit for what I have to offer. So what questions do you have for me? So at this point, the conversation transitions. And at this point, I'm letting them know that I'm willing to let them in to my program. And that's just a good feeling. And I'm, I've, I've, I'm confident about that because there are people that it's not like I just tell that to everybody to make the sale. But by the time they get on the phone with me, it's very, very likely they are a good fit. But I'm sure it feels good to hear that from me is that I'm telling them they're a good fit. Okay. So I tell them they're a good fit. And then I open the, the, the floor for them to ask questions for me. And half the time they'll say, well, you know, Jacques, I don't think I really have any questions. I think you've done a good job so far of answering my questions through your videos and everything. And I think I'm just ready to get started. That's That happens half the time, which is great. And then I say, okay, well, have you had a chance to look at the three packages I offer? And what that does is lets me know if they know my pricing and know what all the options are. Okay. And most of the time they'll say, yeah, I'm leaning toward the middle package. And I'm like, okay, well, do you have any questions about the middle package? Are you ready to go ahead and, and sign up? All right. <clears throat> Going back, um, when I ask them for questions, um, the other half of the time they will have questions and they'll, they'll ask me, I get a lot of the same questions, even though I try to answer those ahead of time, I'll get, you know, do you have to go through this in 21 consecutive days? Does it ever expire? Um, you know, how much interaction with you do I get? And so I've, I've gotten just because I've gotten those questions so many times. I mean, I've done hundreds and hundreds of these phone calls. Um, 
So I know, you know, and then once they're done with questions, I'll do similarly to if they didn't have any questions and I'll say, okay, that, that's where we transition to that question. Have you had a chance to look at the three different packages I offer? In your case, Nate, you really only have one package. You would say, um, well, have you had a chance to look at, you know, what, what all comes with my program and what the pricing is? Something like that. And that, that just, that's the easy way to find out how educated they are on your offering. And if they say, no, I, I don't know what you're, well, that, that rarely happens. But then at that point, I, I have to kind of point them to where, the, where they can see those packages. Cause I really hate explaining it on the phone because it is kind of complicated. And so I kind of point them to that and we kind of talk through the different packages. And if they're leaning toward the entry package, then I get an opportunity to explain why the essential package is better. I usually don't try to upsell people from essential to elite on the phone because um, you, you pretty much know whether the elite package is going to be for you because the big things you get are like a guitar course and a singing course. But I, I really do try to upsell people from that entry package to the essential package, but I don't do a hard sell. And if they just want the entry package, that's fine. All right. So I'll ask them that. And then once they, you know, they tell me what package they want, once it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say, did you have any more questions about that package? Are you ready to go ahead and sign up? All right. And there's two things that they could say, I'm ready, let's do it. Or they could say, well, I, you know, if, if, if they're, if, if it's clearly no, then just get off the phone as soon as you can and just accept that it's a no, right? If they don't really have any good excuses, if they just say, well, I have to think about it, you say, okay, well, just let me know if any other questions come up and, you know, I'll talk to you, you know, I'll talk to you later. But the other form of no is they just need to they need to run it by a spouse or something like that, and that's fine. And how you handle those situations is um, to make sure they're serious. They're okay. You say, okay, well, when do you think you'll be able to talk to you know your wife? Um, and they'll say, okay, well, I'll probably be able to talk to her about it tonight, you know, around nine o'clock. And I'm okay. Then I'll say, okay, well, look, can we schedule another call same time tomorrow? And that way um, we have it on the calendar already, and I can sign you up then. And, and if they say, no, I don't really want to do that. Well, then they're a no, right? They're just trying to make excuses. They're like, yeah, that sounds great. Well, then they're probably a yes. They really do need to just run it by their spouse. I totally get that. Like I, I get running things by your spouse. That's perfectly okay. And I want to have a good system in place to be able to handle situations like that. And so when I get these people rebooked on the calendar, it almost always follows through and works out. That's good stuff. So then the people that are ready to sign up on the phone, uh, it's pretty straightforward. You want to make sure you get their credit card information and you sign them up on the phone. You don't want to just say, okay, I'm going to send you a link to the form now because you're going to lose some of those people. You want to get their information on the phone right away and make the sale. And so you just open up the form. You know, we, me and you, Nate, we both use ClickFunnels. Just open up your ClickFunnels form that somebody would fill out and fill it out yourself. And you, you put in their name and their email address and you can confirm those things with them. Make sure it's the right email um, to, that, that they want you to have going forward. And then you say, okay, I'm ready for you know, credit or debit card information. And they give that to you and you can repeat it back. And uh, once, once the whole form is filled out, say, okay, just give me one second while I submit this. And you submit it. And if it's um, most of the time it'll go through. If it declines, then you need to work it out and figure out what the problem was. And then if it goes through, um, you made your sale and you just tell them whatever the next steps are for you. Um, I used to be that, that I would create their account for them and I, they would give me a password over the phone and then I would um, help them log in on their side and I would give them a tour of the course and things like that. Now I actually let them set up their own account on their own time. So once I make the sale, the call is pretty much over. And I say, okay, here's what the next steps are. In the next five minutes, you're going to get an email from me with a link to create your account. Just uh, click that link and create your account. And it's basically just setting up a password. And as soon as you do that, you'll be logged in for the first time. Um, but uh, you'll be logged in for the first time and, and not, you, know, you can get started right away. But if you need anything at all, let me know. Send me an email. I'll be happy to help. What do you, what do you, when do you ask them if they want to do the, do you ask them if they want to do the payment option or the full price? Yeah. Good question. I, I missed that. So once they say they're ready to sign up, 
That's probably the, the next question I ask just to kind of transition to me filling out a form. I'll say, okay, well, did you want to do the one-time payment or the six monthly payments? What if uh, someone seems like they're a little bit on the fence and you know it's probably a no? Do you ever say, well, why don't you, you I could sign you up for the six month payment. You can try it out for, you know, 30 days for, no. <laughs> you, you saw my head shaking. People aren't going to see that on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I personally don't do that. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying for everybody out there that they need to follow this exactly because this is what works for piano in 21 days. And it's taken me a while to get here. You can start with this as a framework and see how it goes. But look, I don't advertise my 30 day uh, refund policy on these phone calls. And by the time they get on the phone with me, they have, they probably haven't seen it anywhere. And that's another reason people aren't getting refunds, uh, through phone calls is because they never see that that's even an option. And that's, that sometimes can give people an excuse not to follow through with it. I mean, of course I want to make the sale and not go back on that. I want to keep that money, but I also want people to follow through with the course and learn how to play piano. And I don't want to give people excuses not to. If they put on their calendar 30 days from now that that's the last day for them to get a refund, then it's really easy to email me on that date and ask for the refund if they've never logged in. So no, I don't I don't like to do that um, because if somebody's that wishy-washy and like, you know, leaning towards a no, then um, it's it's more likely that if I say that, they'll actually request the refund. And it's a lot of, it's like five minutes, 10 minutes of work for me to fully process a refund because I have to mess with my accounting and I have to delete their account and I have to modify them in active campaign. And um, it's it's not something that's worth it for me. So so the only other thing I do is just kind of wrap up, you know, how do you say goodbye? And I'll, I'll, um, I'll say, look, I, you know, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, good luck to you. And like I said, I'm here if you need anything. And I say, okay, thanks, Jack. I really appreciate that. And thanks. Take care. Um, something like that. That's cool. Do people ever text you then when they have your number and ask you questions through text? Not really. Not really. Um, they, yeah. So that's, that's one, that's one good question. Like I use my personal cell phone number for this stuff. And when I first started doing it, I signed up for a service that I could get a like grasshopper or something where I could get a special number. Cause I was worried about that. And then one day I was like, let me just see. And I started doing my personal number and it hasn't nobody ever. Um, and, and what that allows me to do too, is like, if I call somebody and they don't answer, then I will text them and say, Hey, you know, Nate, this is Jacques. Are you ready for our call? And they'll get it maybe five minutes later and like, Oh yeah, sorry. My ringer was on off. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. I'm ready. How, how much do you think it increases your conversions? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's a loaded question because remember it's more than just making the initial sale, right? It's more than that. It's less refunds. It's a more successful student. Um, it's, it's more fun, right? So even if it was one-to-one on the initial sale, it's still a better thing in the long run. But fortunately, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to measure. Yeah. Yeah. I have run a split test in the past and I do know that it is more, you do make more sales this way. Um, I don't think it's like two or three times more. I think maybe it's like a 1.1 or 1.2, but when you throw in all the other stuff that can happen down the road, it's totally worth it. In my opinion, if you can swing it and if you want to, if you like doing this type of stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, th- I see how I think it's awesome, man. And building that personal connect connection with them, you know, it's it's especially in my case where I feel like I'll, I'll have multiple products to offer people as they go through my funnel. You know, I've got a couple more ideas already of stuff I'm working on. Building that personal connection with them, you know, I think it could be really, really a good move for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's uh, if they don't if they don't buy on the phone with me, I'll go into active campaign and write a little note in their account and talk about, you know, write what we talked about and why they didn't buy. And then I'll notice that maybe they did buy six months later and that's great. Or maybe they're booking another phone call with me six months later and I can, um, and I'll email them and be like, look, I know we talked on the phone before and you didn't sign up. Um, is there any, did you have new questions now or are you ready to just sign up? And they'll be like, no, I'm just, I'm ready to sign up this time and I can send them the link and they, they do it. Cool. So how, when they, when they do book the call that does that cancel them on, on that launch funnel, they're done in the launch funnel. No, because sometimes I want to leave them in that funnel because 
you know, especially toward the end of the open cart period, I'm really pitching them to go ahead and sign up online because of the urgency and of the scarcity and everything. And so if they say no on the phone call, I want to leave them in there in case that those emails are what sells them. So they only get removed from the funnel once they actually purchase. So they're booking and they have to book the call within the next day or two, right? Yes. They can only... So you know so you know after the call they're gonna get that by online link. Yes. Okay. Cool. These are good questions, man. What other questions do you have? None that I can think of offhand, I guess. If it's if it's I, you know, you book it through schedule once, right? That's what that's what you use, the service. Yeah, good question. The schedule once. Um I'm a big fan. There's also the 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 other popular one is called Calendly. Calendly. Um I've seen it. I just like schedule once better personally, but a lot of people use Calendly as well. Have you tested making them fill out any information? I know you did the applications for the high ticket, but have you tested it with your just your calls right now, making them fill out any information on there? Oh yeah, definitely. So they have to tell me their age and they have to tell me, ask them a qu- couple of questions like, why do you want to enroll? Um, what kind of background do you have on the piano? Um, there's just some basic information so that when I see, and I, I approve these calls, right? They don't just book and it's done. They submit a request and I, I look at it and approve it. And most of the time I approve it, but sometimes I'll get a request. Like one time I got a request from like an eight-year-old. Okay. I'm not going to approve that, right? Yeah. What I do, and and I don't know, in those cases, I don't know if it's just a parent that wants it for their eight-year-old and they're putting the age of the student. So what I'll do in cases like that is I will email the person before I approve it, I'll email it. And ask if like if a parent is going to be involved in the conversation and that they would need to to be able to move forward. And I, I've had several phone calls where it was a kid and a parent. Um, I've had uh, lots of phone calls where it was like husband and wife, both of them. And I encourage them, you know, if there's more than one decision maker, I encourage them to both be on the phone call. That's always good. But also, if it's like sometimes I'll see it's like uh, an 18 year old, 19 year old. You know, I'll, I'll, I won't just decline it and forget about it. I'll email them and I'll, I need a response from them to know that they're serious before I actually rep- uh, approve it. Yeah. Is there anything that you really don't like about it? Anything that's made you like consider not doing it? I know the scalability is one thing that probably annoys you a little bit, but is there anything else that you really dislike about it? No, it's the scalability thing. I've thought about outsourcing it, but I've pretty much decided that that's not a good idea in my business. Um, the reason these phone calls work is because it's me on the on the other end, and I would just turn off the phone calls. I would just point people to web pages before I would outsource the phone calls, right? Yeah. And I can always, if it gets to be overwhelming, too many phone calls, I can always scale down, right? So only people in the United States, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, United Kingdom are even pitched the phone call. I could always, you know, cut that all the way back to to the United States, or I could always cut it back to certain states in the United States. If I wanted to scale back the phone calls to an extent, find out like, what are my highest converting regions and just maybe just do phone calls with them. But I haven't gotten to that point yet. I do about two, three, maybe four phone calls a day and I, I enjoy it and they seem to be a good thing for my business. So as of right now, I'm going to keep doing them and I like them. That's awesome, man. This is really, really unique uh, for internet marketing. It's really pretty dang cool and you know, it's kind of backwards innovative. <laughs> yeah. Ba- yeah. And, and um People, sometimes people will say on the phone call when I'm, when I kind of ready to take their credit card information over the phone, they'll be like, Oh, really? Why can't I just fill out a form online? And I'm like, Well, yeah, I know it's kind of old school. I was like, You know, this is the only way it was done 20 years ago. And people don't think about that. They think it's so weird that I'm taking credit card information over the phone and how like big of a security thing that could be. But I'm like, What about, what about 20 years ago? I mean, you would have thought, you wouldn't have thought anything about it. So that is the other objection that I do get that I didn't mention is people do get scared about the security. I would say one out of every like 15 people are like, oh, I don't think I want to give you credit card information over the phone. So um, in that case, I'll just reiterate to them that, look, 
all the there's zero risk to you. All the protection is with your credit card company. If if this were just some big elaborate scam, um, you would just call your credit card company. They could they could nix the payment. It wouldn't nothing would um, affect you. And sometimes that's not good enough. And I just have to send them a link. And it is what it is. And I'll ask if like I can walk them through it, and that way I can you know be there on the phone with them as they're going through it. And some people just want a link. And at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not, I never want to be pushy or salesy. And so I'll just send them the link and hope for the best. It's pretty, pretty neat. Have you ever thought about having people, they have to write you a letter and then you reply back to them with another letter, like a week, <laughs> week later and they fill out an application. They send you like a, a, a telegraph or like Morse code situation or. I appreciate the humor. Uh, I think that, you know, the, the, the thing I'm trying to do is make, make the sale as efficiently as quickly as possible. And so the phone call actually is, is part of that because it's so much easier to say, yes, I want a phone call than it is to say, yes, I want to pay you $300. And so it's, it's like the whole yes ladder thing. Get people to say a really small yes and then a bigger yes and a bigger yes and a bigger yes. And that's kind of part of this, right? The initial yes is, Give me your email address for the workbook, okay? And then I'm asking you to watch a video, but it's it's a value to you. I'm asking you to open my emails. And then I'm asking you to book a phone call with me. And then I'm asking for the sale, right? I actually did think of another question. When you when people um, click on the link to book the call and then they book the call, they get a they get a separate email that's specific about the call, right? How, how do you, what triggers that email? Is it like when they land on a certain page, it triggers it or how does that work? Okay, so I'm using Zapier, which is a which is a third party software that just integrates a lot of services together. So as soon as a booking happens, meaning I approve the request, um, Zapier triggers a Zap that feeds that back into Active Campaign, which then sends an email to the person saying that the call was booked successfully. And I just put in that email, um, I drop in their phone number, the time we're supposed to talk and ask them to just confirm those details. Cause every once in a while, somebody will type in the wrong phone number and they'll catch it when they see that email. Um, and I'll also resend like the pricing table in that email, just so they see it once again, I don't want there to be too many surprises on the call. Awesome, man. That's all I have for you. Okay, cool. Well, it was, uh, it was fun to talk about. I think, um, the, the phone call piece of this is one of the things that makes kind of my system unique. Um, I've tied in, I've, I've taken a lot of you know, courses on this stuff. I've learned a lot about this stuff throughout the years and kind of pieced it all together to what eventually has worked best for, for me and my business. And, and a phone call, doing a phone call is, is a really cool piece to this whole thing. And I really um, i am glad we got a chance to kind of talk about that. And hopefully, hopefully you try it out one day, Nate, and hopefully some people listening, maybe it triggers in them to want to do these phone calls as well. Yeah, I am actually definitely going to try it out at some point. It doesn't hurt to try it, right? It could be you try it. It's the worst thing in the world. You stop doing it. And one other thing is, look, I'm on baby watch, right? My wife is almost nine months pregnant here. I'm not going to want to do phone calls while my wife is in labor or the few days after that either. So as soon as it's looking like it's going to... We're, we're, we're heading in that direction. I'm going to switch it off. I've got a really easy way inside of Active Campaign to just point people down the buy on the webpage path as opposed to book a phone call with me. And so, and there's time, you know, you go on a cruise and you're not going to have a phone. You know, there's times where you're not going to want to do a phone call. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that when we went to Omaha a couple of weeks ago, I just turned it off. I wanted to have family time and not worry about these phone calls. Yeah, that's really cool. Man, these are uh, some pretty cool little businesses we got going here, don't you think? Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I wouldn't rather, I wouldn't w- want to be doing anything else. It's fun and it's just really cool how you can automate things. Yeah, it's it's fun when it works too. Uh, I'm, I'm having a yeah. good month. I didn't have as good of a month last month, but so far so good this month. I'll be sharing those numbers in a couple of weeks, but um, it's it's fun and it's it's all the all the things that come with it the time you know family being around working from home is fun but bringing in bringing in money and being able to support your family is you know the the biggest part of that it's a it's a necessary piece to all this yeah and the opportunity is huge for other people to do this right now i mean education is going online people want personality people want 
you know, to know their teachers and stuff. I just think like, man, it's, it's huge potential. So I think you need to tell people where to go to learn more about this stuff. Yeah. So clearly online course is the, the magic thing that everybody should be doing in their life. Yeah. Uh, it's the magic bullet. I think, I mean, I think, I think everybody's got somebody, something to teach to somebody. You know, I always say that you don't have to be an expert in something to be able to teach it to somebody else. You just need to know more about that thing than, than the other person. I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm terrible with like woodworking and stuff like that, but my wife really wants me to build a bench to put uh, around our, our new dinner table for the kids. And I'm, I'm kind of excited about learning. I, I'm not bad at that type of thing. I just don't have much training in it. So I could really use somebody that knows a little bit about that to just show me a few things. I don't need the world's greatest bench baker. I just need somebody that's competent in it to show me how to do it, you know? And so even if you have no aspirations of, you know, making this your full-time job like I have, um, you know, Piano in 21 Days is my sole source of income. Um, it's cool to have a little something on the side. You know, you're working your day job, but you've got this thing that you teach people in on the side. And and it can be as automated or as not as automated as you want. But that's it's just really cool. And so uh, obviously that's what we're trying to motivate you to do and also show you how to do with this podcast. And um, the best resource to get started with, I'm not biased at all, would be my quick start guide uh, over at the onlinecourseguy.com. It's the eight steps to to um, turning your hobby or passion into an online course. So if you're looking to get started with stuff like that, that's going to be a great place to get started. And I've got more coming that'll kind of take you on the, through the whole process. Um, but that's, that's, that's where I want you to go now as this podcast is wrapping up. And then, of course, you can always find me as well at pianoin21days.com. And, um, and Nate's, you know, Nate's part of this too. Um, he's been really successful with this after the past few months. And he's got some cool stuff online as well. Yep. Microgreensfarmer.com. Check it out. All right. Well, good talking to you as always, Nate. And uh, we'll be back next week. All right. See you later, Jacques. See ya.